0: Charles Moskowitz, thank you for joining me, everyone, Um, at the usual time of 3 p.m. I am live here with Dr. E. Michael Jones. Let me just make sure I'm running live on Getter. Yep, there we are on Getter. Um, Dr. Jones is the author of uh, numerous books, The Degenerate Moderns, uh, Libido Dominandi. He's the publisher of um, Culture Wars. He's the author of The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, which uh, I learned an awful lot about Catholic and Protestant relations in that book. Um, I was happy to see you mention that America has a Jewish spirit. That's something I, I'll own. I'm I'm proud of that one. But um, Michael, I brought you on because you were talking about <coughs> abortion as being a um, a Jewish sacrament, and of course, only Catholics have sacraments. So I know it's the equivalent. And uh, I'd like you to expound a bit on that and, uh, and then I'll, and then I'll respond.
1: <clears throat> OK, so uh, most recently we uh, we had the leak about the Supreme Court. Someone leaked uh, Justice Alito's brief uh, saying that Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. Huge furor as soon as that happened. And it turns out it was overturned. Now, the surprising thing about this, was the reaction. Okay, so, uh, unsurprising is the fact that there are a lot of women out there who have had abortions and uh, feel guilty about it and are are upset uh, because uh, their consciences are bothering them. But the surprising part was, was the Jewish response. Uh, the, uh, because uh, this had never happened before. And I'm talking about going all the way back to the beginning. Okay, uh, the beginning of this uh, saga is uh, began. it began in New York pretty much also in California but we'll focus on New York uh, two Jews uh, decided to overturn that state's abortion laws uh, Bernard Nathanson mem- m- mentioned it in his memoir he got together with a guy named Lawrence Later, uh, they were going to discuss James Joyce and it turns out they ended up talking about abortion and they launched a campaign to overturn uh, the abortion laws in New York State Now, the New York Times got behind this, and the New York Times had a particular strategy, so that whenever uh, Bernard Nathanson was mentioned, he was mentioned frequently, he he was never identified uh, in any way, shape, or form with religion or ethnicity. He was simply a gynecologist. On the other hand, the one group that was identified was the Catholics. They were the opposition to this thing, uh, specifically the Catholic bishops, Nathanson said, "We didn't want to focus on all Catholics. We wanted to use a divide and conquer strategy by, by, by uh, pairing the bishops off against their own uh, their own flock." Uh, that was successful. The, the The Supreme Court ratified these initiatives, and it became the law of the land. Okay. Now, fast forward forty nine years. Uh, now you've got uh, the surprising turn of events here. Suddenly, the Jews step forward and they're saying that abortion is a fundamental jewish value. Uh they never said this in 1967 never at the beginning was this ever mentioned. And not only is it a fundamental jewish value, uh if the uh if the states restrict abortions, uh they are going to prevent jews from practicing their religion. Now that was really extreme but that's exactly the lawsuit that this rabbi in Florida is now pursuing. He's actually pursuing that case, uh, uh, talking about it as a religious freedom uh, issue. So I got into this early on, and I started saying uh, abortion's a Jewish sacrament, which obviously you you mentioned the fact that only the Catholic Church has sacraments, so it's an analogy. It's a little bit provocative, but it was my Mm -hmm. way of saying that the the Jews are saying abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Uh, I think they're right. I, I think that they, they are right, and I think that that's the discussion that now has to take place that uh, and it's going to take place in places like uh, state legislatures across the country. So what they're what the Jews are saying now is that,, um, this is an imposition of Christianity on the Jews. okay? That's what they're saying. I can, we can bring up the quotes. it's it's there. I think this was Rabbi Bogard who was at that uh, Susan Talva's uh, uh, synagogue in St. Louis, he published that article. He said that explicitly in uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, an article he wrote there. Uh, If that's the case, then we have to take the corollary as uh, the, 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 the flip side of that coin, the converse of that, which is that with Roe versus Wade, the Jews imposed their religion on the United States of America. That has been the case for 49 years. It's over now, and now uh, uh, we're not going. To, uh, we're not going to go back. I don't see it going back now. The the, the attempt to impose this regime on the entire country has failed. Uh, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg admitted that, uh, and uh, so it's going to go to the states, and that's where the debate is going to take place.
0: Well, Michael, here's where I actually agree with you. I also was shocked to find very liberal Jews saying, just as you've said, that somehow restricting abortion in any way was a violation of their religious rights. And it is shocking. Uh, It is confined to very liberal Jews. And unfortunately, I think it's safe to say that these same liberal Jews do control the high ground of Jewish culture, at least in the United States. And uh, I've argued in in a book I wrote, actually, that they've controlled, they've had a dominant influence in Judaism, going back to the false messiah, Shavtei Zvi, and his Sabadian movement. And it's a leftist thing that they would do this. But uh, there are also conservative Jewish organizations, like the Agudaf Israel, which is a huge and growing Orthodox group, that completely rejects abortion as an abomination, and that does not support it. <clears throat> and that Judaism itself, as a religion, does not condone abortion. And if you look at the even the fine print of these leftists, they will have they they'll wiggle around and they get very squishy on it. But the fact is that they don't. They they will acknowledge that Judaism does not condone abortion. Now, where Judaism might be a little bit more liberal than Catholicism is that we do tend to emphasize preserving and protecting the life of the mother um, over the life of the unborn child. And uh, there's Talmudic passages about that, that um, first of all, the Talmud says that if you kill the man inside the man, which is a reference to the unborn child, the punishment for that is um, is the death penalty, literally strangulation, so, but, also, you can find a Talmudic passage, which says that if the, if the unborn child becomes an enemy of the woman, the, the, the living mother, then that, that enemy has to be fought. So, you know, Judaism itself does not condone abortion. We support, you know, preserving the life of the mother. There's a council of rabbis in the night in the 18th century, I think the 17th century, that did say, and it's again, more liberal, that generally we don't recognize the soul as entering into the unborn child until 40 days after conception. So yes, we are more liberal than Christianity and Catholicism, but we don't, even in those circumstances, it's not like something that we condone, and we certainly don't view it as a sacrament or as a ritual.
1: Okay, now in order to deal with this, I think we're going to have to make a distinction here, a distinction between Existence and essence. Okay, so in terms of essence, is there a Jewish position? Is there a consistent, coherent Jewish position on abortion, based on Scripture, Talmud, whatever? And I think the answer to that is no. Uh, I've I've watched a number of videos, all kinds of rabbis, all saying all kinds of things, and it's completely incoherent, and it's based on basically. Uh, an ignorance of biology this i so a, a, an extreme position would be uh this the jewish lady uh she's she i maybe you've seen the video she's got her tummy bared she's pregnant she's supposed to give birth the next day and she's got scrawled on her stomach not a human not a human and so uh, right. she's uh, that, a this, radical marxist and i know what you're talking about Look, I well, just, I, okay. let me let me let me finish. I'm I'm trying yeah. to make a point here. Right. We've we've been down this road before, okay? So there there is a uh, a position there where she says it it doesn't uh, it's not a human being until it takes its first breath, uh, and she's saying this is uh, Jewish, this is Jewish teaching, this is based on the Torah and so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay, the, the 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 point it's it's a completely irrational position because what is it that takes its mm-hmm. breath? Okay. So mm-hmm. okay, that, that's that's that position. So from a point of view of essence, the Jews don't have a position. They simply don't have a position. I disagree. Because, we have because you know, wait. That let, be, me, be, let me, good, let, me well, let me let me finish. Because they don't have a coherent understanding of biology. They have no science behind it, and that's that. Okay. Now, from the point of view of existence, that's a different matter now. And and you're faced with the fact that uh 140 Jewish organizations have said that abortion is a fundamental Jewish value now we've been we've been down this road before okay mm-hmm. uh, I brought up uh, as uh, one of the characters in the Jewish revolutionary spirit is Trotsky and uh, uh when I bring him up you say well he's not really a Jew well no, now I, now, I, now I, wait no, wait, a minute, wait a minute wait wait a minute this I say is, wait, he's wait, bad wait, Jew but I don't say he's not a Jew okay. OK, now we got a situation where it's not just one guy. It's 140 Jewish organizations. And now you're, you're in a position where you're going to have to excommunicate 140 Jewish organizations by saying they're not Jewish.
0: You know, first of all, I don't say they're not Jewish. I say that they're in error as Jews. And there's the other aspect of, of what you bring up is something else that I actually agree with. In that you point out that Jewish power, what I would call left Jewish power, which has controlled the large part of Judaism for several centuries now, is over because of this decision. And I hope you're right. I think that this is an opportunity for Torah true Jews who read their Torah, who believe in the creator of the universe, the giver of the law, to stand up to this colossal power that has controlled the high ground in Judaism. Because, yeah, this is the first strike, and I hope it is, toward their putting, being put in their place. And it is time for Jews, like myself, and like other conservative Jews, and religious Jews, and true believers, to say, you know, you guys are wrong. You don't have this kind of uh, hegemony over us any longer, and that your power is over. So, you know, I agree with you there, but I come at it from a different standpoint because I do think that there is such a thing as Torah true Judaism, whereas you believe that all of Judaism, you know, is um, is in error just by the very fact that we exist and that the covenant between God and the children of Israel is void. I know you come at that from a religious standpoint, which is fine, but, you know, that's not, that's not my theology. I think that the covenant is forever. And by the way, Jesus agrees with me on that one. There's quotes in the New Testament where he knows that.
1: So you go to a synagogue, right? I do. Uh what what did or what denomination is this synagogue? I actually go to two synagogues. One is Orthodox and the other is conservative. So the conservative uh position is the one I've already stated. They've already no, it's come not. Out publicly no, no,
0: it is not. You're quite wrong.
1: The my conservative synagogue,
0: we actually had a speaker on this topic. And that speaker stated that uh, Judaism does not condone abortion, period. Uh, If you scratch the surface even of these left-wingers and make them really answer this question, they'll acknowledge that. They wish it did because they're pro-abortion in the same way that Catholic uh, feminist, Eleanor Smale is pro-abortion. you are saying you attended a speech that she delivered where she actually said she didn't think that the, you asked her whether the child has a sex and she said no. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's the left controlling the high ground. Now, Catholicism has a certain amount of immunity from this because you guys are blessed with the fact that you have a pope and you have an infrastructure, and it's not so easy to infiltrate Catholicism. You've got, you know, a means by which you can weed those people out. They can't take the high ground, whereas Judaism is more vulnerable in that way. But we can do it. We can bring the covenant back to what it's supposed to be under God. I mean, it is not, does not condone abortion. You can't bring the covenant back. The covenant is back. It has always been there. It's just that we're not heard because we don't control the the microphone. So the covenant is and has been and shall ever for more be.
1: uh, The Mosaic covenant. Are you talking about the Mosaic covenant? The Mosaic
0: covenant, the covenant between God and the children of Israel at Sinai. That is forever. how are you going to fulfill the covenant? By living a Jewish life, by striving to be worthy of of uh, witness to to the existence of God, by trying that's, to live that's on, not, the that's, morals that's, and ethics of the Torah, and by by practicing to the best of my ability the morals not, and ethics of the Torah.
1: That's not the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant involves well, a temple, a priesthood, and a sacrifice. And no, you, can't do, you can't do that anymore. There's
0: nothing in the Mosaic Covenant that talks about a temple. That came later. We, okay. uh, and we can do it. Well, why did we they don't... have,
1: we, we, we've been down this road before. It seems to mm-hmm. me an awful lot of expense and trouble to go through slaughtering all those animals if it's not necessary. So why were they doing it?
0: Not that it's not necessary, but it's not the main center of, of if Jewish it's faith, necessary it then it's if it's necessary then you can't fulfill it well first of all as I said my position is it's not necessary we have fulfilled it and we continue fulfilling it it is part of Judaism but it is not the main center of the, of the faith never was it is a means by which we can practice live on the earth and deal with paganism and and the Gentile world um, in a way that helps us at least preserve a certain element of being on the ground, as it were. but it is not necessary. the uh, and plus the rabbi the the rabbis, the Talmud made it possible to function onward without it, and they've done it very successfully. I mean, Judaism has been continued
1: in a, as an incredible organic body of belief. There's, and, and there's witness the, to God. the Talmudic Judaism was a radical break with the Mosaic covenant. The temple had just been burned down. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai went to Titus and said, let me start a school at Yavna. That is the beginning of rabbinic or whatever you want to call it, Talmudic Judaism. There is no continuity with the past. It's gone. Actually, actually you're, you're,
0: you're- not, not Titus.
1: That's OK. Uh, whatever. Yeah. OK, but the point the point here is uh, if you're pro-life, you're in the wrong religion. Your religion, your religion is not pro life
0: it's all about life it's about and it's and it, if, if there's one thing that the torah rejects it's um idol worship and pagan practice and the killing of the unborn child is something that the ancient pagans did when they were worshiping moloch that right. is uh, and That's that was right. a struggle that was a struggle between the children of israel who would move closer to god as witnesses in which case they would thrive but then they would fall away and then they would, they would, they would be damaged. And this is the ongoing struggle it, within the covenant. And that is, is in a that it's a microcosm of the covenant of all of mankind that we all struggle with bad, false ideas and sin. And we, we are tempted by sin and then we overcome that and we repent and we get closer to knowing God. That's it's in a
1: sense. That's okay. That let me, okay. Let me, our, uh, you mentioned Moloch worshipers. Are pro abortion Jews Moloch worshipers? Are they the descendants of Moloch worshipers? No more than pro abortion
0: Christians are. Uh, and Like, well, for example, well, well, we're, President we're, Biden or Nancy Pelosi.
1: We go round and round with this. Now, why the haven't
0: they been excommunicated, by the way?
1: That's a good question. Good question. Yeah. Good question. But it's the exception that proves the rule you don't have 140 catholic organizations coming out and saying uh celebrating uh abortion if you have 140 There's catholic a organizations that have come out and done it <laughs> you mean and like like wait, wait 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 stop yeah Cath- you mean catholics for free choice catholics for free choice is a completely yeah okay it's a completely artificial creation of the drug industry and the poor and pro-abortion uh foundations it has nothing to do with catholicism other than the fact that it hijacked the name so that they could get funding we're still back to the same old issue here catholics are pro-life and jews are pro-abortion do you deny that
0: yes i do deny that i think that there is a core of Jews, we don't hear from them, as I said, I don't want to go on a merry-go-round here because I've already answered it, but there is a core of Jews that have always existed and continue who are Torah true and who are not pro-abortion. And in a sense, you you, you refer to the, uh, the Catholics that are, that are pro-choice as artificial, I could make the same argument for the Jewish groups that for they Asia. are...
1: Look, you're you're in a position where you're excommunicating 140 Jewish organizations. That's not my position. The position of the Catholic Church has always been pro-life. The overwhelming majority of Catholics are pro-life, and it's the exception that proves the rule. We're in completely different situations. If you're pro-life and Jewish, you're in the wrong religion. Uh, Look, first of all, again, I think that the fact that Roe versus
0: Wade has been rescinded and it's now back to the States, is an opportunity for the numbers of Jews, and I'll acknowledge it's not the majority, who are pro-life and who do believe in the sanctity of life to start to assert themselves and reassert the high ground of the covenant. We've always been there. We shall continue to be there. We're not heard because the leftists have controlled the big Jewish institutions. It doesn't make them Torah true. Most of these people, are, are, they're atheists. They are Jewish, but they're not, you know, you know, we're not talking here about people who are believers in, in the Torah. They are followers of Shabtay V, the false messiah, who basically turned all of the Torah precepts on its head and basically ent- allowed a satanic influence to enter in. That's my opinion on that. I mean, I, I know that not, a lot of people don't agree with that, but... That's what I think has happened. And I think it's our time to reassert the covenant. And I would hope that religious Catholics and Protestants would join us in that to, to, because the covenant between God and Israel is forever. And it's, it, it's in all of our interests to make sure that Judaism, in the same way that it's in our interest to make sure Catholicism, the, that the ship is righted and that it's on the right moral path.
1: So you've got 140 Jewish organizations taking the name Jew and using it to basically advance the cause of abortion. Is that right? That is right, and they are wrong to do it. Anyway, I wanna move on to another subject,
0: if I might. And that is the Holocaust. You've talked about the Holocaust narrative. Um, I think that there are two different categories here. The first one is the Holocaust itself, the crucifixion of 6 million Jews by the modern Rome, which is Nazi Germany. The second issue is, I think in a certain way accurately, the Holocaust narrative, which is the use of those, that historical event to gain political advantage, even to gain financial advantage in some cases, to make a buck, which is a shame. And it doesn't negate, the second category does not negate the first, and the second category can be a valid one if used properly in the same way that many nations in the world and cultures will use what I would call atrocity propaganda, frankly, as part of their national identity. A very famous example is Ireland, right? I mean, the Irish Republican movement of the 19th century rightfully pointed to the atrocities committed by the British and uh, by, by Oliver Cromwell. And in fact, you talk about this in the Jewish revolutionary spirit, ironically. And, um, you know, I I think there are other nations that that have this as a major component. Poland comes to mind. The United States comes to mind. We had the Boston Massacre here in my own hometown, which was a big piece of, you know, kind of, if you will, a propaganda promoting the American Revolution. So, yes, we use this, I mean, in a sense, but it doesn't negate the fact that it happened. And the message, the fact that it happened is something that, I think this needs to be understood universally because any time any group of people can fall out of favor with the ruling internationalist establishment, and have and face this kind of genocide. And you know, if it happens to the Jews, it can happen to any other group. It could happen to Trump supporters, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is there a question here? What what's what's your question? Do you believe the Holocaust happened? It, it, you, now, here you're using the Holocaust as some type of uh, independent, uh, some type of entity independent of the narrative. The Holocaust is a specific word, right? It's a Did specific word. Did it happen word. or
0: didn't it happen? Were 6 million Jews killed in Europe during World War II because they were Jews? That number has changed over time. No, I don't it say it's was, exactly 6 billion. It's approximately. I probably think it was more than that. But either way, that's the number that we conventionally use. Did it or didn't it happen? My question here.
1: The question is, uh, the, what, if, if you're asking me, was there were the Jews uh, uh, arrested? Were they taken and put into concentration camps? Did they die in concentration camps? If that's what you mean uh, uh, by the Holocaust, if you're talking about Jewish suffering during World War II, of course it happened, okay? But there's a narrative here, and the narrative takes over these meanings, and it starts establishing meanings based on certain events. And that's what the book is about. It catalogs the events. It It came into existence at a certain period of time, It existed over a certain period of time. It was represented by certain things, and that's what the book is about. It's about that narrative.
0: The thing that makes the Nazi Holocaust unique, in my opinion, is that it specifically did hunt down and target Jews for the fact that they were Jews. It had nothing to do with whether or not they were political people. It had nothing even to do with whether they were religious people. It was more of a racial thing, if anything. And that what happened is that Jews were tracked down, hunted down, arrested, put into concentration camps in some cases, in other cases, they were just shot in fields and mass graves. And they would, and this was done because they were Jews. It wasn't because they were communists, it wasn't because they were capitalists. And it happened in Europe all the way from the Pyrenees right up to the Volga during World War II. This is why this is a unique thing in history. So-
1: Okay, it's not unique, by the way. Uh, Hitler uh, had a particular paradigm in mind when he did this, and it was the Armenian genocide. He was very aware of the Armenian genocide, and that became the basis of uh, what he did. So the situation in Armenia was that the Armenians rose up against the Turkish, uh, the Ottoman Empire at a crucial moment in World War I as the Russian army was coming in from the east. Uh, They sided with the Russian army. They were considered traitors. And so they were removed, removed and put in camps. Uh, Unfortunately, the camps were 200 miles away in the middle of a desert, and most of them died along the way. And so that was the pattern. This was the pattern that Hitler had in mind. There were other precedents before that. The Boer War in uh, South Africa, concentration camps had been used before. So it wasn't unique, okay? It wasn't unique.
0: Well, I mean, look, uh, you're right. I mean, about the that the, they were inspired by the Armenian genocide, which I think was a real thing. I don't think that the Armenian people were targeted for extermination. I mean, they were killed on the that's the of-
1: Turkish. That's the Turkish point of view. And the Armenian view, point of view is that they were. If you want the Turkish point of view, it says, well, we we didn't prepare to evacuate them properly. Uh, they were marched along these roads, there were no McDonald's along the way, they didn't have food, they didn't have drink, and they died. That's the Turkish point of view. Was Turkey the Arme- the, um,
0: to the Armenian.
1: every Armenian person because they were Armenian? That's the, the Armenian, that's the Armenian
0: point of view. Well, I think the truth the truth probably is somewhere in the middle there. I don't think that Turkey. You're right. There was a civil war, and the Armenians turned out to be on the wrong side of it, and they were, you know, seriously persecuted and died. But I don't think that Turkey deliberately was attempting to wipe them out completely as a. It's a
1: you're, you're using terms. Evil. You're, you're using terms that are, are, are may, may or may not apply. That's the big uh, the big debate over the Armenian genocide. Was it deliberate, or did it just happen because? they got marched into the desert and died along the way that's the debate problem. that's going on it and it's analogous it's analogous it's analogous to the situation that hitler created in germany of course he apprehended jews because they were jews no one's denying that of course he put them in concentration camps no one's denying that of course they suffered no one's denying that okay but then you have to talk about the narrative and the narrative was created uh, with certain political goals in mind, beginning with Eisenhower and the uh, use of uh, propaganda to talk about the concentration camps in Ordruff and Buchenwald, also Hitchcock's involvement with uh, the movie that was made about uh, Bergen-Belsen and what happened there. So this is where this is where you have to look at the narrative and see what's going on. This narrative then moved into uh, Elie Wiesel is another example of a guy who wrote it. And he said there were flaming pits there and uh, Nazi soldiers were throwing babies, Jewish babies into flaming pits. Mm-hmm. OK, there's no evidence of that. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about it. There's no evidence.
0: One of the reasons
1: why. Wait a minute. minute. Stop. Stop. There's no no evidence of flaming pits at Auschwitz. Sorry. No evidence. And the narrative changed. The narrative changed because there was no evidence. So the narrative changed to gas chambers because no one believed the flaming pits narrative anymore. And in a sense, Elie Wiesel became a Holocaust denier as a result of that. And so then you had the era of the gas chamber story, okay? And over the course of the 1980s, there were trials in uh, Canada. Uh, Ernst Zündel was uh, put on trial. And at that point, the gas chamber narrative collapsed. And so by 1991, uh, is it 91? 93, whenever Schindler's List came out. Schindler's List comes out. Okay, one of the most powerful pieces of the Holocaust narrative in existence. OK, and we get to the climactic scene where the Jewish ladies are told to take off their clothes and they're put into uh, the, the, that chamber there and they're all standing there. And, and what comes out of the shower heads?
0: In the movie Water, I know I've heard you talk about this. Look, okay. I don't
1: know what was going on with that. Who knows why he did that? But the point well, is, well, wait that, a minute. No, wait, no, wait a minute. We can't. A we, no, wait a minute. No, this is this when you're talking about narrative, this is a narrative. This is one of the most powerful, uh, one of the main pillars of the Holocaust narrative. And at this point, uh, uh, Spielberg became a Holocaust denier. That's Holocaust denial to say that the water came out of those shower heads. So you're talking about you're talking about Cyclone B at at Auschwitz. Of course, they use Cyclone B at Auschwitz.
0: No, I mean, I don't I don't know. Well, what did they use to, it for?
1: What did they use to, it to for? Gas the, first to gas Poles, actually,
0: who were in dissident from the Nazis, and then to gas people who were political prisoners. But by 1943, it was pretty much Jews coming out of the Blackhammer uh, labor camp and uh, Birkenau. And Jews were then trucked in on these trains from all parts of Europe to go there to be to the gas.
1: Cyclone B was used to disinfect the clothing, to kill lice on the clothing. You know something? I've heard you
0: say that. And I want to just respond to that. The Jewish people, you know, many of them, in, particularly in Poland, they might have been poor. But they, if you know anything about Jewish culture, you know that they're very meticulous about cleanliness and purity. Even if they owned only one suit, that suit was clean. They didn't have to have their clothes. Loust. i've heard you say that okay I, it, I actually find that to be me, quite offensive because of well, offensive not lice in their clothes they when they showed up for these gatherings okay. yeah. Charles, by the nazi Charles, gods in the much, downtown city well, you, you
1: can talk and talk and so talk they okay be, they showed up in their best clothes they weren't filled with lice. i could okay definitely that there's a one of the one of the parts of the book is a memoir of a jewish lady who left the pale of the settlement In the uh, in the early 20th century, 40 years before the uh, World War II, as soon as she got to the German border, all of the Jews were taken off the train. Now, this is after the pogroms. They're heading toward Hamburg, and they're going from the shtetl, okay, where hygiene is non-existent, to one of the most uh, to 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 one where it was non-existent to. The most hygienically advanced country in the I don't world. Know when you came wait up with wait a questions. minute! Wait a minute! Uh, it, yeah. You Look, I can. It's in the book. It's in the book. Which and book? you can look. And you look at the footnotes. The book I'm writing on this. And we, I, I will look at
0: the footnotes. We I don't. don't, we, don't
1: channel, de- we don't. We don't deal. We don't deal in footnotes when we're having these conversations. That's uh, why we have books. Okay. okay. Uh, so you're going to have to take it. At, you're going to have to take me on face value here bec- until you read the book. Okay, so this is a memoir that she wrote about going to New York City. It was published in 1912, 1912, about her experience of getting taken off the train and having her having go through the shower, her head shaved and her clothes deloused because they, the, uh, the, the hygienic situation in the Stedl was abominable. It was atrocious. And the fact was that they were so used to being lice-ridden that they had become carriers of typhus without even getting infected. As soon as they showed up in Germany, there were typhus outbreaks. This is the background to this thing. This is a Jewish lady who's talking about this thing. Now, you can also talk about Irmgard uh, Rimland, Who was a german during world war ii she's retreating with the german army she gets to the german border and they do the same thing to her she's a german they take her in they shave her head they put her under a shower and they de-louse her clothes you can you can go to the memoir or the novel of kurt vonnegut he's an american prisoner of war or he knows what a shower is The, the jews in the shtetl had never experienced uh, plumbing, internal plumbing. They were terrified when they saw it. And they conflated these two things that were happening into one thing, which was gas coming out of the shower heads, which is impossible. Kurt Vonnegut said the same thing. He's terrified. He knows what a shower is. He's a prisoner of war. He's subjected to the same thing. That's what was going on there.
0: Well, first of all, I don't doubt that there was probably a lot of delousing, especially in the middle of a war. And there was typhus. That's a byproduct of war. But that doesn't negate the fact that the Nazis, who are, who are our, our best source of information, kept meticulous records of the Jews sent into the gas chambers and killed in Auschwitz. I'm sorry. And by the way, but that's, my name that's, is not, that's not true. is the, the Nazi documents. Now, I just I just read a book by this uh, this guy Mel Leitner, who, uh who is a former um, CBS reporter. He was retired. And he decided to write a book about his parents because his father had survived Auschwitz and his mother as well. And he went in and did source work in Germany, getting source documents and in Poland. And he is part of a movement where you have these Polish small cities and villages that are even now beginning to open up their archives. And the Germans were meticulous record keepers going back to the days of Prussia. That's why we know so much about the Holocaust, right down to people's names and tattoo numbers and documents of almost every person and how they died. This isn't even, this isn't some Jewish thing here. This was the Nazis themselves. This is why we know more than we know about the Armenian genocide, because the Turks didn't do this. The Germans had an ability to, they were into this for whatever reason. They were obsessed with documentation. And this is even not even talking about the amount of documents that were destroyed at the end of the war and burned. We're talking about documents that existed and that are still being uncovered
1: that, that prove what happened here. And, um, you, you know... Can you can keep talking. Can I say something now? Please, please. Okay. The documents that do exist do not support the narrative you're talking about. And you have documents like... the i know you 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 say that and then it's it's assuming that it's normative but it's not okay or you have documents like this so-called confession of uh uh the commandant of right of of auschwitz, of, of auschwitz. that was done under torture he was tortured and so this the statements that he made are are not reliable he was tortured and he's talking he would about say the anything.
0: actual no i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about the documents that the Nazis kept about every person as they checked into the camp. We're not even talking about their their after-the-war statements here. We're so are are about,
1: you are you saying that we should investigate this? I think it's been investigated. This is are, are, you, are you saying we should This be is freed? settled history? I mean, this is like
0: denying. Is it like, the like civil Roe law. versus
1: Wade? Is that like Roe versus no, Wade? Or, it's no, sad, it's like no, it's settled more like law. No, it's more like
0: it's not settled, it's not a matter of law, it's a matter of history. It's like denying that there was a civil war and that Americans and well, died in Are we, in are we allowed?
1: Are we allowed to do research
0: on the Civil War? Of course we are, but there are certain things that have been established.
1: There were well, facts. You're not allowed was to there do. such a thing as George allowed, Washington.
0: I mean, these, wait, these are there. Why
1: are you? Why are you not allowed to do research on the Holocaust? There is research going on in the Holocaust. No, I no, know, no, no, no. Why later. are you? You're not allowed to do research on the Holocaust. As I said. There is enormous amount of research still
0: going on with with regards to the Holocaust. What do you mean not allowed? I just told you this is retired reporter who just. Didn't if you if
1: Holocaust. you do research on the Holocaust in Germany, you go to jail. Right, he did the research in Germany? He so why 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 is it forbidden then? If it's if it's settled, you're assuming there's some it type of agreement. Forbidden. I think it's. It forbidden. is forbidden. I think it's forbidden. The German in prison. German prison. Now, wait a minute. When you say deny the Holocaust, who gets to te- who gets to determine what denial is? I t- I've already told apparently you the German I've government. already I've already <laughs> told you that Steven Spielberg is a Holocaust denier. He denied right. that gas came out of those heads. Now you is Now,
0: he- according to the Ger- I think it's a, the German government, apparently, because they're sensitive about a rise of Nazism in their country. They have laws about that. I don't necessarily support that. I don't think that's appropriate in the United States. I I, I think. Why? Why? Why do they have those laws? Because they're concerned about a rise of Nazism in their country. So
1: anyone who looks into the Holocaust is a Nazi, right? No, but they're concerned about people who are going to come in and try to deny that it happened. Anyone who denies the Holocaust is a Nazi.
0: I think in Germany, that's possibly true. And I don't think I think the Germans might not be right about
1: that. So you're just you're justifying throwing people in jail for doing historical research. No, I don't
0: justify it. it. I just said I don't think that it's necessary to deny people's free speech. It should be challenged, just like I'm doing right now with you. But I wouldn't deny your right to deny anything you want to deny. You can deny that George Washington existed. I'm just saying that there are certain facts. If you you deny,
1: if you deny, is there is there such a thing as Washington denial? Why nope, is there a, why is there a uh, term? Then why is there
0: a Holocaust denial? <laughs> why is there
1: a term called Holocaust
0: denial then? Because you have people who have, uh, I think, agendas against the Jewish people who want to deny this happened. People like for example, Ahmadinejad in Iran. The Holocaust never happened while he's building a nuclear bomb to drop in Tel Aviv.
1: You this know, is Jewish true. this is preposterous Jewish propaganda that's not what he said it's not
0: propaganda the host Hashemi Rafsanjani, in an
1: interview said
0: we can drop a bomb in Tel Aviv because if they retaliate we can afford to lose 50 million people but they can't look it up 2003 March 2nd. he's the head of he was the, the inheritor. he he was the successor to the Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini you can look, there's a lot no, of other things first that they said, he, and I all, believe them.
1: First, first of all, it was, he wasn't the successor. He was the president. The Isola oh, Khomeini okay. was the supreme leader. They're two Thank different offices. Oh. You're welcome. You're welcome. Cool.
0: Yeah, you can get a lot of things that they've said, and I believe them. I think that they mean business when they say that. So, anyway, you can... it asked me why it is that people, you know, what is the motivation of people who are trying to deny that the Holocaust happened? I would suggest that it's not a good motivation. I first, think of all, first of all, first of all, we're talking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a
1: minute, wait a minute. We're not talking about Holocaust denial. That's a fiction created by Debbie Lipstadt in 1993. We're talking about people who are doing research, and the people uh, like Debbie Lipstadt don't like the results of their research. Holocaust denial is a category of the mind that gets imposed on something to demonize it. It's like uh, insurrection, it's like deplorables, it's like all of these terms that the Jewish media create in order to prevent any type of research that they don't like. It's that simple. There's no such I thing as Holocaust I, I denial. I didn't, I
0: didn't realize Hillary Clinton was a Jew, but putting that aside,
1: you know, the, the, the point, the point I'm trying to make here is that deplorable is a category of the mind that is part of the weaponization of discourse that's going on now. If she said Trump supporter, that's a category of reality. This has nothing to do with the Holocaust. It has to do with categories being imposed on groups of people for political purposes. That's what the media does. The Nazi Holocaust is a category of reality.
0: It's not a fiction. It's not a, a, a category of the mind. It is something that happened, and the evidence for that is mountainous. The fact that- No, know, no, wait, wanna,
1: wait. No, wait. If you want to deny that happened, I, at, the I be, ask, at the beginning of our discussion- I said stated certain things that I agreed had happened. The word the minute you use the word Holocaust, you're imposing a category of the mind on what happened during World War II. It's that simple. That's why it needs to be I'm, discussed I'm as a narrative. A cate- I'm imposing a category of truth. The Nazi regime and their
0: allies, and by the way, much of the world, including the United States, as an
1: is an informal um a, okay let me give he an example to eliminate uh, part, the jewish people let me give you an literally. example let me give an example yeah. uh the uh, the f- the film the documentary that the united states army made when they went into buchenwald included a table there and there was a table and on that table there was uh two shrunken heads there was a, a lampshade made out of human skin and uh there was a pelvis that was used as an ashtray now is yeah. that part of the holocaust narrative not well they didn't need to do that because that was is it part like, of the holocaust narrative i don't think so i think that's been debunked I
0: mean, be, uh, so,
1: I, this, this is exactly what debbie Lipstadt says so it is part of the narrative until it gets debunked and then it no, goes down Mike, the memory there, hole. There are you know let me get let me give you another example yeah. Benjamin Vilkomirsky wrote a book called fragments was that true or not i don't know anything about it Okay, It was a, a memoir written about the Holocaust and it was promoted by Debbie Lipstadt as a great Holocaust narrative. Well, it turns out that uh, there is no such thing as Benjamin Vilkomirsky. It's a it's a, a a Swiss guy who's not a Jew, didn't come from right. Latvia and his name was Dusiker. So Here's she did.
0: She didn't yes. realize. It was OK, different. so this is this but is there are charlatans they, that are going to take advantage. Of course, they are. Look, Let
1: me commend, well, make no, wait, no, wait a minute. but let no, me, wait, let me wait, make wait. my point. Let me make my point here. This is a shell game. Okay, it's, it's okay, it's it's Holocaust denial to say that Vil Komirsky is a fraud until everyone realizes he's a fraud and then no one talks about it anymore. Debbie Lipstadt used that book as a textbook in one course she was teaching, even after it had been completely debunked. So does that make her a Holocaust denial? No, it makes her it makes her a sloppy scholar. Let me give an example. You know, him. So one more, okay. one more, one more Jew bites the dust, but oh, no, then we're no, not no. going to talk about her anymore. She's uh, no, not important. You. You, she cannot not have, you cannot have a concept like Holocaust denial without the credibility of Debbie Lichstadt behind it, because she created that concept.
0: Well, I well, first of all, that concept was around a long time before No, her. no, no,
1: no, absolutely not. She created. I grew up
0: hearing about that concept, and I'm a she, lot older than you she think. She
1: created. She created that concept. It came out in a book in 1993, the it same year anything. that Schindler's List came out. Look, if you're talking about a narrative, you're talking about concepts and these concepts, ideas, terms, whatever you want to call them, came into being at a certain period of time. They did Look, not exist. They did not like, exist you're, you're in the Garden about, of Eden.
0: You're talking about the abuse of a category that doesn't negate the fact that the category exists. And I'm gonna give you an example. There was a couple of years ago that there was a book that came out about the Reverend Jesse Jackson, okay? And how he headed up an organization in the 1980s that would go around to big American corporations and they'd show up and they would say, you know, you had somebody make a racist comment. You had somebody who said something insulting. I see you don't have any black people working here enough. We're gonna call you racist unless you put a couple of our members on the board of directors, unless you contribute some money to our group. And they shook down companies like that left and right. Now I'm I'm, I'm only bringing this up to note that they were using a category that is quite real. There was racism, there was Jim Crow, there was discrimination. Black people were denied opportunity but they used it to advance their own agenda their own pockets and it was correct
1: okay. i agree I'm not with, i agree that, with, I that, I that ag- doesn't
0: happen with this i as agree well. with
1: you i agree okay. with you 100% that's exactly what that was and that's what the holocaust is too no that is not what that look my are point you saying is this is, are You're you saying that my point. this are you saying that the the, the suffering of jews during World War II has not been weaponized for political advantage? Are you no, saying it ha-
0: that? it has by some people in the same way that Jesse Jackson weaponized I agree with people you,
1: black people. for once for once we agree with each other. But that it doesn't
0: other. mean that black people didn't suffer. That's right, doesn't you're absolutely take away right. And, uh,
1: it doesn't mean that black
0: people were oppressed and it doesn't, it doesn't mean there
1: wasn't the Holocaust. No, no, you just, no wait, stop, stop, stop. As soon as you use the Holocaust, <clears throat> you're po- imposing a category of the mind. What you should have said, what it's you should have said, it. what it should, what you should have said, it doesn't mean that Jewish people did not suffer during World War II. I agree with that completely. As soon as you bring the Holocaust into it, you're weaponizing it for political advantage. No, you're, you're
0: making a category by saying they suffered. It was more than suffered. Did, it, did Anne and There's Frank- nothing
1: more than suffering. There's nothing no, more yeah, than suffering. Yeah, but the point is that- They a, died. They suffered and they died. And, there's and nothing they, died more because
0: than that. they died for one reason only, and that was because they were Jews. Look at Anne Frank. I know that she's a famous example, but she's an example of hundreds of thousands of people. She was a teenage girl living in Holland. Her family was not political, minding her own fucking business. And their family had to go into hiding. She was, they were captured, hunted down, captured, and she was taken away to the concentration camp where she died. Now she may not have died in the concentration camp. That doesn't matter. The point is that the only reason she had that happen was because she was a Jew. No other reason. They weren't political people. They were minding
1: their own I've, business. Uh, uh, Charles, you're you're that's you're, my point. You're beating a dead It's not a category. No, you're beating a dead horse. I've already agreed with the fact that they were apprehended because they were Jews, every Thank bit you. as much as the Armenians were, they were apprehended because they were terrorism. Armenians. They were put, some of them died whether they were put some people- They they were were, put to death. Some of them died?
0: Millions of people were murdered because they were Jews.
1: Are you saying every single Jew- Not everyone, but the the vast majority- Did any any Jew die of typhus? Yes, but the vast majority of them were murdered. Okay. They were taken out.
0: I'll give you the example, and this happened all over Eastern Europe when the Nazis occupied. In Kiev, what they would do is they cover, they call out on the loudspeakers, all Jews gather in the downtown- You had in that case about 30,000 Jews come in, huge quantities of Jews. The people that couldn't make it, the elderly, the children, they didn't come out. They would go around to those houses and they would all be murdered. Then they took them all out into a field. They had them dig a ditch and they murdered them all. It's called Baba Yar. That happened in towns and villages and cities all over. Okay, if you're, the, the if you're talking that about the,
1: if you're talking about, it wasn't
0: in the concentration camps,
1: and the only reason that happened wait, was because stop, they stop. Stop. You just made the point. It wasn't in the concentration camps. I think The, the Einsatzgruppen did not happen. You're not, the not the like. Camp. You're just. You're talking over me. Thank you. Okay. The Einsatzgruppen is a different situation. Uh, there were groups there. I, 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 <laughs> I, I accept that fact. The Einsatzgruppen is different than the, than the than the concentration camp story. It's different. Mike, nobody's saying that it all happened in the concentration camps. It happened what, all and over the world. And what about what happened in the concentration camps? That's part of it as well. The whole. Are you, are thing you allowed is, to in, investigate that? Are you yes, allowed you to are, investigate and I hope that? You, and I hope you do
0: it with an honest eye. You know, go there, actually do some investigation. Look at the documents, interview people who survived it. You know, do do the investigation, please. You know, the point is that people who are investigating it have an agenda, and it's the same agenda, frankly. How about that the people, def- do the people they put the
1: Jews to death? Do the people defending it have an agenda?
0: Yeah, they want to expose the atrocity of the Holocaust. There's no political the advantage.
1: There's no political well, advantage. Is, I will say, how about, a, how about a financial advantage? Didn't uh, Norman Finkelstein write a book about this called The Holocaust Industry? Yes, he did. And by the the
0: way, by the way, my billions of
1: dollars. Billions yeah. of dollars every year in reparations payment goes to these Jewish organizations and his parents who were in a concentration camp never got a nickel of it. So well, is that no. is that a, a, an agenda? Is that an agenda? Yeah, that's, that's as, as we talked about, that's like Jesse Jackson shaking down Quaker Oaks. Absol- I agree with if, you. I you know, agree if, with if you 100%. A corrupt, look, there are
0: people that are gonna take advantage of something because they're corrupt. I don't deny that. But that doesn't mean, first of all, it didn't happen. And it doesn't mean it, that you it keep isn't a it. legitimate political. The whole issue. point of it is it's to decide 15th, what 15th.
1: it was. It, it was the systematic liquidation. I'm saying, I'm saying like that is right. that is precisely what is being contested, and that is precisely what is illegal. And the only reason it's illegal is because the Jews have power to prohibit any type of investigation. Let the investigation by law, time,
0: by, by honestly, law, yeah, in Germany. Let the investigation go on by honest people okay, who good. don't have an agenda, okay? Okay, so you can, you
1: can defend me when the
0: book comes out. I'll see what the book says, Mike. I'll I, send you a copy. Uh, yeah. Thank I'll you. send I, you I, a I'll, copy. I'll, I'll give it a serious look and I will critique it, and I'm sure, and I'm sure I'll have you hopefully come back on with me to talk about it. Good. So anyway, did you did your book come out yet regarding uh, the development of beauty?
1: and No, uh, no. You know, Because I know that, I mean, that's, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. I'm having trouble with the printer. I'm having trouble getting the thing printed. And I think that's... I
0: mean, I've I've published my books through through Amazon. They do a pretty good job.
1: I I have to have a hard cover, hardback edition. I'm trying to bring out a hardback hardback edition.
0: You get a hardback in Amazon. I mean, Amazon, by the way, did not allow me to invest a little money to promote my last book because they didn't like the title, The Biden Coup. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, I I get what censorship is. You know, I understand that. And and I don't think that it's Jewish either, because the Amazon is not a Jewish organization.
1: Please, please tell the ADL that. I, I, I have this sneaking suspicion that it is Jewish because of what the ADL has done to me. I know know you don't like the ADL, but the fact of the matter is that they are a powerful Jewish organization that that imposes thought control on anyone they don't like. I agree. And And the thing I particularly dislike about them,
0: I think they're very good when it comes to defending the state of Israel. But what I dislike is that they do things like what you've talked about earlier in the program. They talk about things like abortion, gay marriage, stuff that has nothing to do with Judaism. And uh, they defend it because they're leftists and because they're socialists, actually.
1: By by the way, uh, a group of uh, local Proud Boys uh, went into a local library and basically stopped uh, Drag Queen Story Hour. Right. OK, so guess who came to the defense of Drag Queen Story Hour?
0: Some Jewish lawyer, I'm
1: sure. The and ADL, the, not just some Jewish lawyer, the uh, local uh, representative uh, of the ADL. So, the so the ADL is this a... Is this a fundamental Jewish value, Drag Queen Story well, Hour?
0: In the, in the ADL is a leftist organization that has very little to do with Jewish belief or practice. They are atheists, just like the uh, that group that we mentioned about the Catholics for choice. They're artificial, but they do have power. And this is where I agree with you, at least from my perspective, which is that this decision uh, to rescind Roe versus Wade, to return power to its rightful venue which is the state legislatures, is a strike against that power, whether it be Jewish or otherwise. And with regard to Jewish, I hope it does strike at the liberal Jews so that so that Torah true Judaism can now start to assert itself. I don't have a lot of hopes it's going to happen anytime soon, but I think it is gradually happening. People talk to me you know sort of Chuck we're with you, don't tell anybody. but you know it's out there. And it's waiting to start asserting itself. So that's my hope. That's my prayer. That we find a means to take back the high ground of our faith and of our covenant. Because we've always observed it. And we need to let everyone know that. Anyway, Mike. um, So, you know, congratulations on your book.
1: I hope it comes out soon. Thank you. All right. Uh, Culture Wars, where can people get it? Go to culturewars.com. You can get a copy of The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. Uh, Also, fidelitypress.org. Both of these places, you get copies of these books.
0: All right, E. Michael Jones, thanks for joining me as always. You're welcome. All right, take care.